morning. Welcome to Broomfield, Colorado. Welcome to the channel. Welcome to Jesus Christ. If you just recently got saved, I pray that you uh, come to an understanding of your walk in Christ and uh, the Word of God in your life and the, uh, the need for prayer in your life and the need to fellowship with other born-again and preferably spirit-filled, baptized with the Holy Ghost type of Christians and go into a church that preaches the King James Bible or filled with the Holy Ghost and have the love of God throughout their church. That's the type of church you want to find if you're going to go to a church, all right? So let's pray. So Lord, we thank you that you can bring us out to the street to lift a banner, to lift the word, the banner, the banner of the truth here in the Bible, and we can preach a message out here. Uh, people can listen, people can hear, and we can message this uh, sermon all over the world via, uh, via uh, technology. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in each of our lives as we serve you. We're just empty vessels filled with the Spirit of God, serving Almighty God, and giving all the glory to God the Father. In your heavenly name, Jesus, we humbly pray. Amen. Amen. So understand, I'm out on the street, as you know, and here in Broomfield, this particular location, this is U.S. Highway 287, 287, and uh, Highway 36 is just up over the hill, just a moment, just a little bit, and uh, Denver is just out that way, probably another 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes, whatever it is, 20 minutes on the bus. And uh, then up this way, going north, we have our next city that we're in, that's Lafayette. Then we have the next city in, we're in on US 287, that's uh, Longmont. Then we, if you keep on going north, heading towards Wyoming, we're in the next city called Loveland, Colorado. Then if you keep on going, 287, we're all the way up north in Fort Collins, in the old part of town, Fort Collins. And I'll be up there in April, amen? And uh, so we're all along 287 here. 287 kind of ends just down here, and it kind of turns left and kind of goes towards Texas someplace. It doesn't go all the way to New Mexico. I thought it did, but it really, it kind of meanders and kind of disappears somewhere. It's really hard to find where it goes. But it ends up there in uh, Cheyenne, or no, Laramie. I think it's in Laramie, Wyoming. That's the cutoff when you're going across the United States on Interstate 80. Uh, when you're coming down into Colorado, you want to take that Laramie exit. That's that Highway 287, and that'll cut off a good hour of driving and you come down through uh, kind of the backside of Colorado, the old old highway, uh, coming into Fort Collins and on down into Denver here. And it merges into I-25, but uh, uh, it's best to come that way rather than going all the way over to Cheyenne and picking up Interstate 25. It's a lot more fun coming down 287, all right? And uh, been that way many times in the truck and in buses and cars. Uh, it's a good road to run on, all right? So uh, we've already prayed. We've uh, Got our banner there all rolled up, ready to go. We got our cone set up. I'm at my location where I need to be. I'm somewhat on time, but because of the bus schedule, I don't drive anymore. I don't own a driver's license. I don't own a car anymore. And uh, so I take the public transportation and it drops me off across the street here about 11.10. Picks me up at 11.03, 11.10 here. I leave Boulder at uh, on the 10.30 bus. I leave my house at 10.15. So, uh, it's a little different planning your schedules uh, when you have to plan it around public transportation rather than an automobile that you, you know, your private automobile. That's a whole different deal. But we're building a church uh, without a car. Uh, 
It's kind of funny uh, because that's an excuse a lot of people will use why they don't preach, why they don't minister. Well, I don't have a, why they don't even go to church because I don't have a car. That's what they say. Oh well, <laughs> you can use any excuse you want. Just tell them uh, you got a headache. <laughs> you know, my cat is sick. I can't go anywhere. You know, that's what Jesus said. You know, people gave all kinds of excuses when it was time for to, for the wedding feast, and they said, "Forget those guys. Go find those who are destitute, poor, broke. You know, living under the bridge, poor. I mean, just find everybody else on the highways and byways and hedges." of your city, go find those guys. Everybody else, forget those guys. I'll get those guys later. But right now, I'm gonna get you guys, and that's one of me. I'm one of those guys he got. <laughs> I'm not one who said, oh, let me bury my, uh, let me go do this and that, and, and let me have a life first, and then I'll come serve you. I didn't do that. I said yes the moment he called me. And so I've been serving the Lord all these years. This year, 2024, come May, uh, will be my 50th anniversary of uh, being saved and serving the Lord. Because I started serving the Lord at, as a called by God minister, not just somebody who wants to preach and minister because it feels good or it's a good thing to do, which it is, or the Bible says, which it does. But some of us are called by God and a lot of us know who we are. And, and if you're not called by God, you know that too. But it doesn't matter. We all serve the Lord. Just some of us are, we don't have a choice. If you're not called by God, you don't have to preach. Uh, you, you can do whatever you want. Really, that's how it is. But if you're called by God, you don't have a choice. You, that's it. You just got inducted into the army of military uh, servants of God, and you have no choice. You're no longer your own. And you're going to serve the Lord, period. It might take you God all your life before you say uncle, and you give up and you start serving God. That's kind of, you know... I know a lot about all that because I complained almost all my life till I was probably in 1989, probably 35. Started preaching at 20. By the time I was 35, I had still I've been pre I've been preaching and ministering, witnessing, doing all those things. Even went to Bible school, ministry school, ministry training, whatever you want to look at it. Five years, and I was still complaining about being a preacher. I didn't want to be a preacher. I didn't. I don't want to do this. I want to be a businessman and run my own company. I've had several, and all of them have failed because God says, "I'm sorry, you're not going to be a businessman. You're going to be one of my preachers." And finally, in 1989, summer of '89, or could have been summer of '90. Not sure exactly. When I was cleaning the pool, I've told the story before, but apparently I have to tell it again. So I'm out back in our home that the Lord gave us, and I'm I'm in a church ministering, you know, but I'm complaining about it. I'm griping. I'm murmuring. The number one thing God hates in his people, murmur, complaining, griping, bitching and moaning about every little thing in your life. God hates that. That's why the will of God is to be thankful in all things. So I was cleaning my pool in the backyard. We had a big old gunite pool, you know, 12 foot, 11 foot deep, I think 10 and a half, 12 foot deep, whatever it was. and. Uh, you know, 30, it was big pool, big bass pool, a lot of big deck, and it was a beautiful place, beautiful home the Lord put us in. And I'm a hard worker. Anyways, uh, I'm cleaning the pool, griping about the ministry. I had my brushes, this is me cleaning the pool, and I'm griping. My, I remember very clearly, I remember where I was standing, my house, the house, because 
you know, we had a pretty big deck. So the house was, you know, probably 20 feet away, you know, big deck. And then we had two large sliding glass doors. We had a big den and a big living room and an ivy growing all over the back, a big pool house over there. It's, you know, a nice place. Anyways, my back was to the house, you know, Nancy's in the house, and I'm cleaning the pool, brushing the sides of the pool, griping, and the Lord showed up right before me, nose to nose. I mean, he wouldn't have been two or three inches from my nose. And I knew it was the Lord. I knew it was the Lord. How did I know? I don't know. I just knew it was him. How did I know that? I don't know. I just knew it was him. And I froze. I literally froze in my steps. Froze. And the Lord said to me, if you don't quit griping, murmuring, complaining about the ministry, I'm not going to allow you to do the ministry. I won't repent from my calling to you into the, into the ministry, but I don't need to let you do it. I don't need to allow you to serve the Lord. Serve me. You can say, Lord, serve me. These aren't the exact words. It's something like this because, you know, it's hard to remember every word. But uh, I don't have to allow you. I remember that word. I do not have to allow you to serve, to minister. But my calling is without repentance. Something like that. Everything he said was in the Bible. That I do remember. That's what, one thing that really struck me when the Lord was speaking to me, and I was like in a frozen state. I mean, I wasn't moving. I wasn't brushing while he was talking to me. I was literally frozen. If you've ever had been in the presence of the Lord, you don't move. I mean, your whole body comes to a rigid standstill. And it's happened to me many, many, many times. I recognize the presence of God in my life. Anyways, uh, I don't have to allow you. And I repented. Uh, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent from that. I don't know what I said exactly, but I agreed with the Lord. And that was the very last day of my entire life since that day, since that very second that I griped and complained about the ministry. So like John the Baptist, the word of the Lord, the word of God came to me and I had a choice to make. Do I serve God or gripe the rest of my life? Do I live in the dungeon? Do I live in horrible? I mean, my life was a mess until that day. My life was a mess until that day because of all the griping and griping and griping and griping that I did. Because I didn't want to be a preacher. I, want, I said yes in the beginning, but I found out being a minister is not what it's all cracked up to be. It's a hard job. Hard job. Your life is no longer your own. Just like right now. You think this is fun? Nobody's out here with me. It's not fun. Nobody's out here. It's not fun. If it was fun, there'd be a lot of people out here. If we were singing and dancing and it was 80 degrees and we had a band out here, there would probably be 100 people out here. But it's frigid cold and it's noisy and it's on the street and we're preaching the gospel of salvation. Right now we're preaching fire. Everyone shall be salted with fire. Nobody's out here because it's not fun. Yeah, that's why they're not out here. Like prayer. Prayer's not fun. People don't want to come to prayer because it's not fun. People don't know how to pray for an hour, non-stop for a whole hour. They pray for five, ten minutes. Oh yeah, we can pray. After ten minutes, they start fidgeting with their phone and they look around and they, they don't know what to do because they're not used to praying for a whole hour. I pray for hours on end. For an hour is like ten minutes to me. Because people, it's not fun to pray. 
It's not fun to intercede for souls. It's not fun to pray and talk to people who hate your guts, who hate everything about you, who detest you, who spit at you and throw things trash at you, you name it. It's not fun. But I don't care anymore because I said, yes, Lord. And I repented from breaking and complaining. And I'm not griping and complaining. I'm just telling you the truth. What's out here and why people don't come. Now they give me excuses, just like they gave Jesus excuses. I gotta go get, I gotta go to my job. I gotta go to school. I gotta sleep. I gotta eat. That's the number, you know, during the lunch hour, all the believers, what do they gotta do? They gotta go eat. Yeah, by the hundreds. But nobody comes out for their lunch hour. Oh well. I love what I'm doing because it reveals to every Christian what they're not doing for God. Yeah, what they're not doing. A lot of people say, oh, I've been serving the Lord all my life. Yeah, you have you? But you can't pray 10 minutes? You can't come out and witness? You don't, I mean, what do you do for the Lord? You say you've been serving Him for all your life? I don't know. I tell you, I'm hard on people because the time is not to play. The time is to witness. The time is to bring in the sheep, to bring in the harvest. And to do that, you got to go out in the field and work. Like right here, how many Christians are in these hundred cars here? I don't know. What are they doing? A lot of them will honk on their way, but they won't pull in here and come over and pray with me. Yesterday I had four pastors who passed me by. Do you think they had the time of day to come over and have a prayer with me? Or to say, God bless you, brother, or whatever? No, they wouldn't give me the time of day. And guess what I'm doing? I'm praying for their churches. I'm praying for their ministry. I'm building their church, but they haven't got the time of day to come over and pray with me. Why? Because I am an embarrassment to the Christian religion. I'm an embarrassment to the religious spirits. I'm an embarrassment. Yesterday I had people getting so mad at me because of my sign. I had one guy stopped in the street, opened his door, stood outside the door and yelled at me that, take that fire out there, it's supposed to be love, love. God fills us with love. And he got back in his car, took off, right in the street on Broadway. I couldn't believe it. That guy was hot. He hated my sign. Then I had another guy who rolled his window down, sitting right there beside me. He says, hey, God loves you, man. He doesn't hate, he's not, he's not, he's not mad at you. I mean, he hated the sign. God's supposed to love you. Now, whatever he said. I said, thank you, man. God bless you. I had two or three other people who were religious Christians who were furious at my sign. I knew this was going to happen. Then the day before, I had the same thing happen. I'll probably have the same thing happen today. Maybe not because there's not as many people walking around. Just tell you like it is. Sorry I'm talking so loud because it's noisy and I can't hear myself talk. All right, so praise God, right? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can come out to the street. We can serve you with a whole heart, with a full heart of joy and happiness. We thank you, Lord, that we have a serious ministry, especially as soul winners, as street preachers. We have life and death before us. 
people are choosing life and death right before our face. They don't choose it in a church building per se, but they do out here because we lift up a banner of truth and they have to make a decision. Do I agree or do I not agree or do I care less? I could care less, which vast majority are lukewarm. They're gonna be spewed out of God's mouth. I know that for a fact there's gonna be a massive multitude of people who will never see the light of day because they don't care. How sad, their heart is so hard. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. All right, praise God. So let's get into Luke. So we're in the Sunday prayer letter titled uh, uh, The Holy Ghost and with Fire. We're in the 2024 season called or titled Fire, F-I-R-E. That's the title of our banner. That's the title of the season that we're in right now. All right, and uh, we're preaching on the same verses all the way through Luke 3, 1 through 21. bus driver there. Well, that could have been the second one, anyways. Anyways, uh, so this is the December 31st, January 6th, Sunday prayer letter. Highly encourage you to get on that letter. I'm still praying about doing a Sunday morning, Sunday prayer letter, reading, uh, live stream. Still praying about that. You'll, if it comes up on your feed, you'll know I said yes to the Lord. I'm still praying about that, because I gotta count the cost. But I'm speaking it out loud, okay? I haven't decided yet. Sort of. <laughs> God gives us a choice. He's asking me, would you be willing? So I'm, I'm trying to determine, am I willing? Am I willing? I just don't want to say, yeah, Lord, and then not do it. That's disobedience. That's unwillingness. And you're being phony to God. God knows what you're going to choose. God knows what's going on. And he doesn't mind you thinking and praying about it. He doesn't mind you doing that. He wants you to come and reason with him. Let's talk this out. So that's what I'm doing. I'm talking it out. I was doing that this morning before coming out here. All right. All right. So let's reason in some scripture here. All right. So uh, we're in Luke chapter 3. Let me go down. Yesterday I preached on number 6. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. Let's go to number 7 now. Then said he, this is John the Baptist. Then said he, John the Baptist, to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him. I'm going to stop right there. Then said John the Baptist to the multitude, I mean massive number of people, multitude, who came to him for one reason, not to rebuke him, that's not what it says, not to get mad at him, not to arrest him, not to do any of that stuff, but to get baptized of him, okay? So you think about that. That's the type of people who came to him. That's what it says here, right? If you read it too fast, you'll miss it. Then said John the Baptist, John Baptist, John, to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him. You get that? So these are the people coming to him, right? You got, got that idea? Man, is it cold. All right. I got more clothes in my pack there. I might have to, I'll, I'm going to put them back on, put some more on, because it is frigid cold. Plus we have humidity. All right, so here's the multitude that came, all right? So now here's what he's gonna say. Oh, generation of vipers, who, war who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You get that? Let me say it one more time. Oh, generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? 
All right, let's talk about that for a second. Remember who you, who's talking to? Those are the ones who came forth to be baptized of him. And he said, oh, generation. So that's the group of people, a generation. Probably talking to the Hebrew people, obviously. <clears throat> That's cold. <laughs> uh, uh, vipers, okay? So he, you think about that. Every preacher I've ever heard preach on this has always said he was calling them snakes, vipers. The person, snakes, vipers. And on Sunday when I preached this, that's not what I said that came out of me. First time I've ever heard it said. What is a viper? A viper is a poisonous, deadly snake. Poisonous, the poison that's in that type of snake, a viper, is poison enough to kill the body, to kill you, to wipe you out. That little snake, that little snake has enough venom, poison in its fangs and its glands to kill you within a certain small period of time, all right? So, the Holy Ghost showed me another look at this scripture, and that is that the vipers, he was actually using that word viper to indicate poison, a poisonous, deadly snake, okay? And if you read the rest of the verse here, you kind of see more of the context of what viper is here in the King James, all right? That's why I love the King James. It is so exact and so full. <clears> oh, <throat> generation of vipers, okay? You got that? Oh, generation of people who have poison within them. They're poisoned. They're, they have poisonous, venomous of snakes, and that's devils. That comes from devils. He's talking spiritual because those are flesh people. He's not calling them a snake. They're not crawling on the ground. And he's not talking to devils. They weren't devils. They were people. They were a generation of people who were filled with poison from a devil. Deceivers. Satan. The serpent. Right? Kind of get that in your mind when you think about this. So it gives you a different look at the Bible. You know? But if you read it really flashed, you're going to think like snake. I mean, you know, whatever. Anyway, so listen to this. Who hath warned you, right? The generation of vipers who came out to get baptized for repentance of sin. It's interesting. Who, hath warned, uh, uh, who had warned you to flee from the wrath to come, all right? So somewhere in them, they knew that there was going to be wrath. Wrath from what? Wrath from God, right? That's in the Old Testament. We know a lot about the wrath of God because of the wrath of God took everybody who came out of Egypt, the wrath of God destroyed them all. None of the people, the generation who came out of Egypt crossed over the Jordan River to the promised land. None of them. Those were God's people, God's servants, God's people, but they didn't cross over. There's a lot of God's people today that won't cross over, that won't cross over. They'll die in their sin. They're going to die in their murmuring. They're going to die in their speech. Their own words will convict them. Their own words will judge them. God's not going to judge them. Listen to this. Oh, generation of vipers. I hope you got what I mean there. 
warns you to flee from the wrath to come. Right now, here's verse 8. Bring forth, therefore, fruits. Therefore, since you've come to me, you're full of poison, you don't know what to do, and you're afraid of the wrath of God to come, and you're sick of your sin, you're sick of the poison that's inside of you, and you don't know what to do, you're stumped. I can't figure this out. I've tried humanism, I've tried philosophy, I've tried chanting, I've tried worshiping other gods, I've tried everything, and I can't get whatever's inside of me fixed. And I fear the wrath of God. That's what's going on right here. And all that's coming from the poison because they're, they've heated, they've bowed their knee to the poison. The poison is destroying them. The poison, the viper snake, the reason they're poison is because they are to steal, to kill, and destroy. That's the fruit of a devil in your life. That's why I hate the word demon. When I got in the King James, I threw that word out because I looked that word up, demon, and that means just a divinity that could be good, it could be bad. That comes, that means, that could be a white lie or a black lie. Oh, it's okay to tell white lies. That's, that's from the demons, not from a devil, because a devil, the word devil means evil. Right inside the word is evil. But people use demon because everybody uses it. God doesn't use it. God calls a devil a devil evil and the D means deceiver he's a deceiving evil wicked spirit and there's nothing good in him nothing good but a demon means there are some good demons apparently and some bad demons yeah you go back into history and you look it all up demon is not in this Bible but it's in other Bibles it's in other Bibles not this one no 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 God's not stupid. He's the author. He's the Word of God. People don't like that either. They want to do what they want to do. All right. I thank God. I was the same way, man. I'm not talking. I talk from my personal life, not anybody else. My personal life. I've done everything that I say. I've done every mistake you can possibly imagine. That's why... Here a while back, I talk about the valley of the shadow of death, Psalm 23. I know the way through that valley. I know it so well. All right. Now listen to this. <clears throat> Bring forth, therefore, fruits. Therefore, fruits. Therefore, because you're coming to me, therefore, here's what you got to do. All right. Bring forth, therefore, bring forth, bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance. If you stop right there, you haven't got a clue what's going on. Not a clue. You don't know what's going on. Fruits worthy of repentance. What in the world is that supposed to mean? That's what you could be saying, depending on the Bible you're reading, right? You okay? God bless you, man. I'm standing on the sidewalk. I don't want to. It's against the law to be in front of people to impede people's freedom of movements against the law. So you don't want to stand in front of people. <clears throat> right? You want to stand off to the side so they can have freedom of movement. But there's not many people here. Right? So let's go back into here. Bring forth, therefore, fruits, fruits, fruit, worthy of repentance. What is that? You keep reading here. And begin not to say within yourself. Say, those are words. The fruit are words the fruit that comes out of you 
is words. The word is, God, I repent. I turn away from my poison, and I ask you, Lord Jesus, to cleanse me of the poison that's in me and save me, to wash away the death that comes from sin, from the wages of the sin that's in me, the poison. And you confess your sin, you repent with your words. That is what's worthy of repentance. Fruit that comes out of you is the words that you speak. You confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Fruit worthy of repentance is the words that come out of your mouth. If you curse God, God will curse you. You love God, God will love you. You repent, God will repent. <clears throat> you show yourself faithful, God shows himself faithful. He's always faithful, cannot not be faithful. You laugh at God, God's gonna laugh at you. You flip God off, God's gonna flip you off. God's gonna have the last laugh. I guarantee it. You can get all mad you want, you can tell God how stupid he is, how, how much of an evil person he is, how much of a, you know, a, you name it, they've been telling me for the last two days how wicked our God is and how wicked the Christians are. God's gonna say the same thing to you. Every word that you've spoke, all the fruit that's come out of you, it's all being recorded, all being recorded. So all that recording is a testimony against you. Just like the testimonies I have is for me, against me or for me, because I, I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. So that becomes a part of my testimony. That gives me what I need, <laughs> all right? Yeah, you gotta have a lot of courage to stand out here in the street and do what I'm doing right now because all these people are staring at me in these cars. They sit there and they just stare right at you. Those who are not looking at their phone. Did you hear anybody honking? I'm just for Jesus. There's a big old sign there, cones. I'm doing something here. I've had what, one person acknowledge me? I'll lift a banner in just a moment here. Anyways, <clears throat> so bring forth fruits, words, worthy of repentance, out of your mouth, Jesus talked about the snakes, you know, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Hope you got that. Hope you got that. What comes out of your mouth is gonna either give you life or give you death. That's it. How you speak, how you speak, how you speak. We'll see here in just a moment what they're talking about. Bring forth, therefore, fruits worthy of repentance and begin not to say within yourselves that these are the words that they would say. These words were hanging them. These words were causing the poison to go through their body. Like when you get bit by a snake, you're supposed to have a tourniquet and not move too much because you don't want your heart pumping that poison up to your heart. So you have to lay still. When, you have, when you're bit by a poisonous snake. Man, I'll kill you. It's gold. <clears throat> all right. My nose is running because of all the humidity. It gets too much colder than if my mustache becomes a block of ice. 
All right. So uh, begin not to say within yourselves. Okay, within yourselves. Don't say because that's the fruit, right? Okay. We, this is what they're going to say. We have Abraham to our father. See, that's a wrong thing. That is a. Those are poisonous words. We have Abraham to our father. We don't need God. We don't need. We have Abraham. I hear that on the street. Jewish people. We don't need Jesus. We're the chosen. We're chosen people. We're God's people. We're people of Abraham. That's what a lot of other religions say. We're our father is Abraham. We don't need Jesus. We have Abraham. See, those are the words. That's the poison coming out of them. They're words. If they stop right there, those words will hang them. Those words will judge them. Those words will kill them. Those words will take them out. However you want to say it. But poison, that's what poison does. If you keep telling yourself how bad you are, that's poison. That you just recycling, cycle through your body. That's why I say, shh, don't talk that way. Don't, don't listen to the words that you speak. Listen to them. Listen, listen, listen to the words that you're speaking. Listen to them. I remember one time uh, here, well, a long, long time ago, back in my 20s, I think I got a recorder of some sort. I had a big cassette recorder with cassette tapes. And I remember recording myself for off and on two several days and just seeing what kind of words were coming out of my mouth? I would carry it with me. I'd kind of hang it on the side here, and I had to kind of plug the microphone here, and I was just kind of seeing how I was talking. But a lot of times we talk, and we don't know what we're saying. And so I was checking myself a long time ago. I've been doing this a long time. A lot of people talk to me like a, they know everything, and they just started it just a few days ago, a few years ago. They think, oh, I know everything. Really? <laughs> okay. Talk to me in 50 years and see me how much you know. <laughs> it's really funny how people treat people of elder. It's really amazing. But that's life. Can't get away from that. Youth is, youth is, youth is youth. That's <laughs> just the way it is. I suppose. Uh, begin not to say with yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, this is John the Baptist. I say to you that God is able. Now see. John is rebuking that by the words, the fruit that's in him. He is counteracting those words of that poison with godly, spirit-filled of God-type words to them. Right? That's what he's doing. All these people are watching me now. I bet they think I'm the stupidest person in the world. Or they're probably wondering what that guy's doing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you gotta have a lot of courage to do what I'm doing, man. I don't care anymore. I mean, I got over all that fear of man. That's ridiculous. <clears throat> all right? All right, so uh, we have Abraham. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children to Abraham. I tell you, you just, for God is able. Well, think about that. John the Baptist had the spirit of Elijah. Elijah didn't die. Elijah was caught up in a whirlwind. And Elisha caught his tunic, his, his coat, whatever he had. And got a double blessing. 
Elijah got caught up in a whirlwind. And God had a plan for Elijah's life. He says, I'm going to send you back in, in the body of John. He's going to baptize people and get things ready for me to come. Elijah says, yes, sir. I'm ready. Anytime you want to send me, I'm ready. That's what Elijah is probably saying in heaven or wherever he was waiting to come. He says, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go, man. I mean, Elijah was one of those guys. Let's go, man. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. And God says, okay, hang on. Hang on. We're almost there. We're almost there. We're all... Like a horse, a racing horse in the stall getting ready. Man, that horse wants to go. Get me out of this thing. I want to run. I want to run. I want to run. <laughs> That's like John, you know, this morning. I'll make sure I was ready to run because I was tired and I had to put my running gear on <laughs> to get out here. And I got here right on time. I'll be here till the bus comes at 3 o'clock. Right? I'll put a full day in on the street. But I'm not done. I still got work at home. Anyways, so listen to this. <clears throat> God is able. A lot of people think God is not able. Why would you ever put God in a box and say, oh, he can't do that. He can't do that. That's what people say. Oh, he doesn't heal anymore. Really? I thought it said, Jesus, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That type of talk. I'm the first and the last. I'm the beginning and the end. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm everything. I'm the Word that created everything you see. I'm the maker of heaven and earth and everything there is within it, the fullness thereof. And you say, he doesn't do that anymore? Who are you? Are you God to say that? A lot of people think they're God. They think their ways are higher than God's ways. You know where that comes from? Satan. Lucifer. When Lucifer tried to exalt his throne above God, Let's, I'm going to raise my throne above God and I'm going to take all this over. Third of the angels said, yeah, let's do that, man. I like that idea. Let's overthrow this egotistical God, this jealous God. That's what they were saying. God says, well, all right. I know who now who loves me and who doesn't love me. Boom, third of the stars cast out of heaven along with that great dragon, that great red dragon, Lucifer, names Satan, the deceiver, the devil, who is cast to earth. And the angels in heaven said, woe is the earth because the devil is cast down, full of wrath because he knows his time is short or something like that. When I talk about Bible verses like this, go to your Bible and read it. Go to the King James and read it for yourself. Don't listen to what I'm saying. I'm just trying to bring this to your attention. Wake you up. I'm like an alarm clock. Ring, ring. Get up. Time to go to work. Put your long johns on. Get to work. It's cold. <laughs> All right. Bring forth fruits, okay. Uh, stones raise up children. God, God is able to, of these stones, to raise up children unto Abraham. All right? I hope you got some of that. That's as far as I'm going to go. I'm so cold, i got to put some more clothes on. So let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that you are able. <clears throat> Funny how you use the word able. I think of Cain and Abel. Every time I hear God is able, I think of able. Yeah, I think of Abel who was killed by his self-centered, self-loving person. That's why I hate the word self-love, because Cain loved himself so much.
that he committed murder. That self-love is like poison. That's why the body of Christ is so ripped up with the word self-love. I hate that word, Lord. I didn't like it when I first read the book. But everybody was reading it. I thought, well, maybe I got to read it too. But I knew something was wrong in that. Something was wrong. I've talked about that before, Lord, but it's just something wrong. But Abel, God is able. I thank you, Lord, that we have an able heart, one that loves God, that's willing to do what God asks us to do. Abel is willing to do what God asked him to do and did it anyways in the face of death and the possibility of dying, the possibility of losing their life. They did it anyways. They still lost their life, but they're not here. They didn't die. They didn't go to hell. They went to heaven. Cain went to hell. He didn't go to heaven. We're not. We are, you can be of the way of Cain or the way of Abel. We are the way of Abel. God is able. I thank you, Lord. God is able to give you a new language, a new tongue that you can worship God in that bypasses your flesh brain. Lord, I bind that doubt. I bind that unbelief. I bind that poison in people's lives that say there's no such thing as being baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I bind that in the name of Jesus and I cast it out of people. That wicked poison. Holy Spirit, I ask you that you come and fill these people up. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Father, for sending the promise, the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, baptizing them all in the Holy Ghost and giving them that new tongue, that new language, that new tongue, that they can magnify you, glorify you with that heavenly language, the tongue of angels. There, go ahead, receive it right now. It's yours right there. Just go ahead and take it by faith. By faith, not by works, it's by faith. And when you speak that language, when you speak that beautiful language that comes out of you, it could be just one syllable. It could be a whole sentence. It could be a whole full language. It's all different for everybody. But that's by faith. And that's your testimony that you've been filled and baptized with the Holy Ghost. It's your testimony that the Holy Ghost is full within you, that you are full of the Spirit of God. In your name, Jesus, we humbly pray. Amen and amen. All right? Tomorrow's Friday. We'll be down there in Denver, Colorado, Union Station. And I'll be here till about 3-ish, a little bit before that because the bus comes at 2.48. And I'll be on that 2.48 bus because it's two more hours. It's 5 o'clock until the next bus, and I'm not going to be out in those two hours. All right? God bless you, man. I love you very much. You take care, all right? Bye-bye.